Welcome to the Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast. I'm Cindy Owenby, your host and women's ministry mentor. I'm the founder of Women's Ministry Toolbox and the author of Rethinking Women's Ministry. The Women's Ministry Toolbox Podcast is for women's ministry leaders and team members of all stages, from new to seasoned, serving in their local church community. If you're looking for hope and inspiration, you've come to the right place. In addition to discussing the nuts and bolts of women's ministry, I'll be asking seasoned women's ministry leaders to share their best tips and the lessons they've learned. Together, we'll learn to build a flourishing, Christ-focused women's ministry. Ladies, I am so excited for this week's leadership interview. Today, I'm going to be introducing you to Michelle Radcliffe. Michelle is a women's ministry leader in the state of Alabama, and she has lots of interesting things to tell you about the women's ministry program in their church. Michelle, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Michelle, why don't you start by telling us about the church you serve in? Oftentimes, I think we're a small church, but we're a growing church. We have about 250 members, and in the last 18 months, I think our pastor said we've had 68 new memberships. That's wonderful. It really is, because during the pandemic and just everything that's been going on and how God's just been leading people to our church, it's exciting. Tell us how the women's ministry in your church is structured, Michelle. Basically, the church looks at women's ministry just having a director. Okay. When I accepted this position, I wanted a team. We've been adding people to our team. We started out with four ladies working together and just developing the women's ministry. And we're starting to add more ladies to take on a position and lead that position. How long have you been serving in women's ministry, Michelle? This will be my fourth year as the director. I've always been involved in the women's ministry. I'm one of those people who, no matter what ministry the church has it, if you're part of that church, you should be supporting your ministries. Does your team have a mission statement? And if so, would you mind sharing it with us? Well, it took us a few years to actually develop one, but we came up with encourage women to understand the gospel, respond to the gospel, and apply the gospel to every aspect of their lives. Ephesians 2.10 tells us, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh, I love it. And I love how you've got it tied to a scripture verse as well. It makes it a lot easier to plan too when we know what our goal and our mission is. Can you tell us about your journey into women's ministry? (laughs) I think of this a lot because I always go back and, and remember the calling. And I guess it was in 2016, I would just remember doing a lot of journaling during that season in my life. And I actually didn't realize it until I think it was two years later where God was leading me and directing me toward serving in the women's ministry. It's not that I wasn't involved before, Mm -hmm. but he was like, you need to step up into leadership. Well, at that time, the only position we had was director. And I'm like, well, Lord, there's no availability, you know, it's taken. 
and I finally just, I guess, gave in and went to the pastor and said, if there ever comes a position available to serve in the women's ministry, I'd like to be prayerfully considered. Well, that was like in May of that year. And months later, I think it was October, it came up and said, the position is open. Oh, my goodness. And that was easy for me to be obedient because I was like, Lord, there's no position. (laughs) So I can do this. And then when it came up and I said, yes, you know, I, I feel led to take that position. Oh, that's awesome. I love that guy got you ready before it was available and open so that it would be a very easy yes. And you could move forward in obedience rather than sometimes we're a little blindsided when opportunities arise and we're like, Lord, is this really from you or not? But he made that clear to you in advance. And I so appreciate your boldness and your willingness to tell your pastor, this is where I feel the Lord is leading me. And if there's ever opening would you prayerfully consider me? Can you tell us about a women's ministry event or activity that has been really successful in your church? Uh, We call it WINGS, Women in God's Service. It's where we assign an encourager to our college and career girls. Okay. And we walk with them a year. We have minimum... um, guidelines that we go by but of course everybody can go above and beyond that that has been fantastic in keeping in touch with the college and career girls because if they're living away from home or if they're even at home just sending them some encouraging words Mm. a couple of times a month and reaching out to them to let them know that their church family still cares about them and wants to pray for them. This year, I think we had 34, 17 girls and 17 encouragers. It means a lot to them. It really does to have that person contact them and to let them know that they are praying for them. That's wonderful. Can you tell us a little more specifically what they do as far as encouragement? Is it mostly notes and texts? Is it more than that? Well, there's a few of us that we end up trying to get with our girl like once a month and just having lunch with her. Oh, I love that. You know, just um, spending some quality time and their schedules get really busy. Sometimes that's not feasible for them with the test and all that, but just contacting text or if you see them at church, speaking to them and all. But I like the lunch. It just makes it a little more personal. Oh, definitely. How do you all go about connecting these women? Is there a sign-up process? Do you train the women who will be mentors? We look at it as actually being an encourager. Anybody can be an encourager. You know, it's, do you want to commit to that? Do you you want to commit uh, having some responsibility to a girl for one year? Okay. And we've had ladies ask if they could be a certain person's encourager. We don't allow that because we want God to just kind of work it together. And it's amazing just to see how he fits the two together as, as they move forward. No one gets the same person two years in a row. Gotcha. We want them to be introduced to as many ladies throughout the church as they can 
I love this idea so much. And I really like that you don't call it mentoring because I feel like that word carries so much weight with it. Everybody can be an encourager. What a great idea. I'm definitely taking that back and sharing it with our team as we are being very prayerful about um, what mentoring may look like in this next year for our church. I'm so glad that you shared that. Did you have another event or activity idea that you wanted to share with us, Michelle? Well, we started Flourish in our church. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of that. We started at first with new members. I think it was seven or eight of us went through the course ourselves the first year in which COVID and all. Really, it is a program and it's all laid out, but it's basically the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Everything is scripture in it and you're pointing to Jesus, you're talking about things that relating things to him and, and just using it in that way and not being opinionated as, well, I think this, or I think that, or. Right. What does scripture say? Not what do I say about that or wish that scripture said about that even. I love that is grounded in scripture. It's, I actually mentioned the Flourish Mentoring Program in the podcast episode I did on Where Have All the Mentors Gone? So y'all can check that out for a little more information. Do you have any stories from your Flourish or your encouragement ministry that you could share with us just to encourage women who are listening? I guess the biggest one, and as last year, I think it was three of us that went through Flourish together. The way we assigned up and, the, and picking the dates and the time. It was myself, another lady who is in her early 70s. And then we had another one who was in her 30s. Those three generations and the way we were able just to kind of bounce off each other with our thoughts and even just in prayer time, the way that God worked. And it, it was really amazing. The three of us, I think, really realized the experience that we got and sometimes how we miss out on that. That's so neat. I love being in multi-generational groups. Mm -hmm. I think the younger ones have that that newness and that excitement sometimes that we maybe don't have every day anymore for our faith. And then there's so much wisdom from our, you know, I call them sometimes our senior saints who've mm -hmm. maybe been in the church most of their lives, but so many good things that they can share and just even advice that they can offer when you do hit those difficult seasons of life. So, oh, I love it. That just excites me hearing about it. I'm sure that the time that you guys had together was Super, super sweet. And I love that prayer was also a part of it. Are you launching or revamping your women's ministry? Do you struggle to get your women's ministry team on the same page? Well, my book, Rethinking Women's Ministry, Biblical Practical Tools for Cultivating a Flourishing Community, is designed to help women's ministry leaders and team members prayerfully examine what's working and what isn't. As God highlights the areas that need rethinking, you'll be able to form an action plan that will enable your team to reach more women more effectively and create a community that flourishes. You'll find Rethinking Women's Ministry on Amazon, your favorite online retailer, and at womensministrytoolboxshop.com. So 
we're currently talking about discipleship on the Women's Ministry Toolbox podcast, and maybe we've already covered this in the things that you've shared, but is there anything you want to tell us, Michelle, about how your women's ministry team approaches discipleship? The biggest thing is our flourish actually falls into mentoring and discipleship, and but we also um, follow along with our pastor's plans as far as Bible studies that may be offered. And this year, we're about to start digging deeper into the Word. You look at the world and we think we are taught so much how to be like somebody else. Mm, yeah. And, and not even be ourselves, really, you know, but a disciple is pointing them to Jesus and helping them to become more like Jesus, looking into who Jesus really was. I started thinking about when I first started reading the Bible, basically, we just read the Bible. But then I got to thinking, okay, you look at the references in the Bible to understand more. So you're going back and forth in the New Testament, Old Testament, and relating, and you're growing in that area. You're not just reading it, you're learning, and it's relating back and forth. Well, not all women do that or have done that. For years, I never, ever read a commentary, ever. I mean, I just stayed with the words, stayed with the references, and Actually, my first Bible didn't even have notes in it. It just had references. So I guess as I've grown, I kind of look, because there's some words you don't understand, you know, in Greek and so forth, and you have to know who they're talking to, you know, because we apply things to non-believers. They're not even being taught to in the Word at that point on what to do. And so we put these expectations on unbelievers, and they don't even know them. We're going to be doing that. And the pastor has challenged the whole church to read the Bible through this year. That's great. And digging deeper and mm -hmm. looking into commentaries, looking at who wrote the book, what setting, how to apply it to today. I love it. You are speaking my language. I love <laughs> teaching women how to read the Bible and following, like you said, those cross references because scripture interprets scripture, understanding that there's one big story through the whole thing and this thread that carries through from Genesis to Revelation and learning how and why our commentaries can be helpful. Like you said, there's stuff we don't always understand. A lot of the cultural or historical context is lost on us. I'm excited for the journey that you're on with your women this year as you teach them those basic Bible study skills that we might not all have, or maybe we're not using as much as we should use. That's going to be so much fun. Your ladies are really going to grow in their love for the Lord. What is your favorite thing about serving in women's ministry? I just like relationships with women. I have five sisters and they're all older. And of course, I did not realize how blessed I was until I got older, actually. So having those relationships and realizing that we're all different and just learning to have those relationships. Nobody's perfect. You don't have to be perfect. It's just coming alongside each other. Yeah. I think we take that for granted sometimes uh, with other women is, you know, God placed us there. 
in, in each other's lives, no matter where you are, what time of what season you're in, you know, and there's a purpose. And, and if we could just step back and ask God to show us and open our eyes to see what that is, mm-hmm. I think relationships both ways will be benefited to our advantage. I agree. It's so neat how God will bring women in our path um, at just the right time. Sometimes it's for them to encourage us. And sometimes it's for us to be an encouragement to them. I love um, your heart for women's ministry. It comes straight through the microphone, Michelle. I know the other leaders can hear it too. What is something that you wish someone had told you when you were a new women's ministry leader? I've thought about that one, and that one has been kind of hard for me to answer because I'm pretty stubborn at times. (laughs) I appreciate your honesty. (laughs) I learn things the hard way. Gotcha. (laughs) But I guess looking back at my experience and so forth, when I accepted the position, I also told God, look, I'll be obedient, and I want to seek what you want for the women but it's your responsibility to bring the women to Mm. us. Whatever the outcome is, that is your responsibility. As long as I know I'm walking with him and, and not to say that everything we do is going to be perfect, uh, you know, because there's going to be trial and errors, but to know that the outcome is in his hands and he'll bring the ladies, the growth, whatever he chooses to do. I think that's something we all should realize. It just puts a whole different perspective on things. It's not that you don't still have to do the work or still have to reach out to the ladies and and so forth, but it's just knowing it's up to him. It is. It's that balancing obedience and faith mm-hmm. and knowing our job is just to be obedient and do what God has called us to do, like you said, and trusting him with the outcome. Even when it doesn't look exactly like we think it's going to look, we know that he's still using it for good, that we're just being faithful to what he's called us to do. I love that perspective. That is going to be an encouragement. Somebody out there listening today needed to hear that for sure. Michelle, what resource recommendations do you have that you would like to share with leaders? Cindy, I guess the first time I met you was at one of the LifeWay conferences. And then I attended your conference in Gunnersville. Yes. I have been reading your book and then Jen Wilkins, Women of the Word. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I've read a lot of books, but that's probably been the two main ones that um, I have gone by yeah. um, and, and just kind of reflect on, along with a class that I took at Sanford University and getting a certificate in women's ministry. Oh, that's wonderful. That was a big impact on my life. So it's taken all of those resources and along with the word uh-huh. and seeing where God um, actually leads us. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad that we have met in person. I hate they can't see it. I can see your faces. We're doing this interview. So it's good to get to like reconnect face to face with you. But uh, those in-person trainings, And being able to take classes, even if it's online, I think are so valuable and so important and do help us feel more equipped. It's a little easier, I think, to be obedient when we have some confidence in what we're doing. Not only that, Cindy, you look at your whole life and you're training in school, Mm. you're training for a job, 
you continue to train for everything that makes you successful. Why should ministries be any different? You know, we have to train. We can't expect to just to be able to do it. And of course, God is our leader on that. Absolutely. But you have to give it just as much as you give anything else in your life. I agree. It's a calling and one that we hope that we will do with excellence. And seeking out training, reading books, finding resources that are sound and biblical that will encourage you to keep your eye on the Lord. Because like you said, he is ultimately the leader of it all. Um, He taught me in this past year is looking at the people that I'm reading. I've been shocked in some of their beliefs and not that they're going to be perfect and not that they did never did anything good. Right. But are they still staying biblically lined up? You know, and so we can't let our guard off on that because even the scripture teaches us some will fall away. That's right. And, and so we have to be on top of things. And I think we have more of a responsibility as leaders to be careful in what we allow. I agree. And- Discernment is so important. We've got to make sure we hold everything up to the word of God. And if it's not in alignment, then maybe we don't use it. Is there anything else as we wrap things up that you would like to share with us, Michelle? This has been such an interesting and helpful conversation. The only thing I can think of is don't get discouraged. Mm. Just as long as you know you're obedient to what God is leading you to do, don't worry about pleasing everybody because you're not going to. But God does know what your ladies need, you know, and so just seek him out and you try it once it doesn't work be in prayer because you may only have a few people but that's that's not it things take time to grow and just allow god to do that oh that's a good word michelle thank you i'm glad that we ended with that things do take time to grow and i think sometimes we give up a little bit too easily Thank you so much for everything that you have shared with us today. I know that this conversation is going to be an encouragement and a help to every leader that listens. Thank you, Cindy, for having me. I've enjoyed it. And I hope to see you again soon in person. I would love that. That would be great. I hope so too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Women's Ministry Toolbox podcast. Leading in women's ministry can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. You'll find support and ideas you can use in the Women's Ministry Toolbox Community Facebook group. We'd love for you to join us. Search for us on Facebook or visit womensministrytoolbox.com slash groups to access the link. May the grace of God carry you through difficult ministry seasons. May He direct your steps as you seek to make Him known. And may your love for the Lord be apparent to every woman you serve.